the magnificent football Monday edition of You Better You Bet on a terrific football Tuesday rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley here with you on the BetQL Network. Great 60 minutes of wagertainment coming up. We'll continue breaking down Week 18 in the NFL. We'll get to the Bengals and the Browns in a second. Drew Dinsick, the whale capper from NBC Sports, will join us in 20 minutes. Next hour is the Power Hour. The Power Hour is the final hour of the show. We'll feature a conversation with Jason Sobel from Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. Bets for the Century World Championship, or whatever the hell it's called. Golf tournament coming up this weekend. We'll bring you bets, and we will bring you all our bets coming up for tonight. Can't wait to talk some NBA and NHL and fill out the old betting card on a Tuesday night. But we want to remind everybody in our audience, whether you're listening to us right now, watching us on Stadium or YouTube or Twitch, whatever, or listening in podcast form. Look, the holidays may have just come and gone. Maybe, maybe you want some money on bets. Hopefully that's the case. Maybe you, maybe you got some money in gifts, etc. You're feeling good about yourself right now. You want to enter the new year. And you want to feel good about yourself. New year, new you. You know one of the ways that you make a new you? You dress differently. You stop looking like a slob. You actually look decent when you leave the house. You know how to make that happen? You check out YouBetterYouBetShop.com. That's right. You better you bet merchandise. Because nothing's going to scream that you are a cool cat and a cool customer. Like a shirt that says the Prop King. Or don't be a slap. Or choose your capper. One of our many themed t-shirts, hoodies, hats. So much going on at YouBetterYouBetShop.com to get all your You Better You Bet merchandise. So yes, the holidays have come and gone. Still no good reason for you not to get your You Better You Bet merchandise at YouBetterYouBetShop.com. That website again, YouBetterYouBetShop.com. All right, Jake, let's bring the music back up here, Ken, and let's talk about the this is I think the first game that we've now that we will discuss coming up in week 18 where uh kind of like what's this going to look like as Cincinnati hosts Cleveland. So the Browns are locked into the 5 slot. They cannot improve their standing. They are not division champions. The Ravens are in the AFC North. The Browns cannot drop to the 6 or the 7. They are in the playoffs. Cleveland will be the 5 seed and will probably if the market is correct, we'll go yeah. on the road to Jacksonville. Like ninety-five percent of the time, we'll at least go to the AFC South winner. Like yeah, I, you know, and we think I, actually Jacksonville is that that's determined, right? The Chiefs are the three, almost for sure, right? Done. Yeah. So that's so there you go. So locked Browns in. at AFC South team, just lock that one in. Browns Saturday at AFC South champion. So yeah. we don't think that we'll see Joe Flacco and other like Cleveland studs. It right. feels so yeah, weird right. to say that, but it's true. Amari so, Cooper. It, yeah. Very unlikely. Now, we have not seen Kevin Stefanski as Browns head coach in a spot like this. Worth noting, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media did like say over the weekend on NFL Network that the expectation is, is that Stefanski will rest guys in this game um, on the road in Cincinnati. So the Bengals lose. like a, a, a pretty like That's a tough game to lose on the road in Kansas City the way that they lost it this past weekend. And as a result, eliminated officially from playoff contention. Um, worth noting that if and when Joe Flacco is announced it's not going to play in the game, P.J. Walker would start this game for the Browns. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, placed on injured reserve for Cleveland. P.J. Walker elevated back to the active roster. So this would be P.J. Walker against Jake Browning and, and Cincinnati here. In a game that doesn't matter for the Bengals, you have to imagine they're going to try and win the game, though, right? And like and take this like pretty seriously as an end-of-season well, game. And Browning's trying to probably be a starter next year somewhere if he can, you know? Or like in his future. So that, 
So that takes us, Ken, to our betting market. Uh, this was sitting at five and a half earlier today. We're now at six. Cincinnati minus six, home against Cleveland. Total here is 39. Uh, how are you looking to play this game, if at all, with the Browns and the Bengals? Uh, just a couple things that might be interesting. You Obviously, this is one of a handful of games. Every game, you're going to want to read more about what the coach's intentions are and see if you can glean some kind of piece of information that maybe the market isn't accounting for just as much, like in prop markets and stuff. Prop markets in week 18 are usually really bare bones because like books know that there's some really crazy stuff that can happen and, and guys can get pulled. We'll talk about a couple of games where that's very likely to happen. Um, so the, the first thing that stands out is even if we like quote unquote know who the Browns and Bengals starters are, they play in the whole game. You know, like if there's a if there's a number for any Browns receiver that's not Cooper, they all play in the game? Or is like, or, or do we want to give Cedric Tillman some second half reps and like get him out there and take someone else off the field who we need in the playoffs? And they need Tillman too, but like you get the idea. It's is it just like okay, list whoever you want under, because I, we don't, like, how are the reps going to be distributed? Even, like, if you know who the starters are. We do this with quarterbacks all the time who we think are going to get benched, and we and we play on them, and it, it actually usually works pretty well. And this is kind of the same philosophy. Like, okay, uh, you know, like, do you, do you think Jamar Chase is playing in this game, by the way, with them eliminated? I think like, if he's healthy, he'll play. Okay. I hope he plays. Put a number up. Under. Like, I, he's going to play the second half for sure. You positive? No one can say they're positive right now. And they might put up a number like, no, 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 he's starting. You see? You see the report? He's starting. Yeah, but, like, think about it. Really? So, I, it just, I think this is one of those interesting games for that reason, where you might be able, like, if star players are going to play, okay, great. What about at the end of the first quarter? Like, it's almost turning out like some of these bowl games we've seen. Like, Ty Tyler and I have a funny betting story at some point about LSU that we can tell, a receiver for them that just, like, yeah, they, they played to get him a record and then benched him. Uh, and if you knew that, it was great. So the yeah, it, this strikes me as one of those. But in terms of like the point spread, like it, it's, you know, Jake Browning's had a pretty good run here. If it's him home against PJ Walker, yeah, it's probably pretty close. At least more than three, right? And maybe we should argue it's like, should it be four and a half or six or something and like no, that? And but... no Garrett probably also is like the no like big player for Cleveland. Yep. But, uh, and God, we know how, like, banged up the Browns' offensive line has been, too. And, like, it just, yeah, like, okay, sure. Like, I I get it. Um, just, like, really, like, the, I have this game circled where it's, like, on Thursday and Friday, do we get a sense that, like, any funny business is going on here with, like, who's actually playing and how long they're playing? Are there any markets open on the game? Um, could potentially be an entry to, like, weird games tend to produce valuable bets more than, like, Colts Texans or something like that where both teams are all in this is a game that could present as an opportunity to do something like prop wise unders etc uh speaking of weird games uh you better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Tuesday uh let's go to the uh to the AFC East and like we'll close with Bills and Dolphins the final game sure but this Patriots and just doesn't matter for the division that doesn't matter really period uh New England is a two-point home favorite against the Jets the total here is 30 and a half um if the Patriots win this game and everything else kind of happens as expected in terms of point spreads. Uh, the Patriots knocked themselves out of the top three of the draft. So I, 
I, I don't know if like they would ever like purposefully try and lose the game. Also, you have the specter of is this Belichick's yeah. last game? He got asked Correct. on it, so he goes on. He goes on the Greg Hill show. I, I go on that show, and I, this is not me like equating myself to Belichick, but I know you them. And I go Belichick. on with them every Friday. You know, me and Bill, my buddy, and Red Hourback, right back in the day. <laughs> so, uh, so he goes on with Greg Hill usually on Mondays. He was on today, right? Because yesterday was uh, was a holiday, and they did the right thing. And asked him like a million times about his job status, and he ended up giving a really good answer, which has been shared like ad infinitum on social media today. Just like maybe this is it for Bill as the head coach of the Patriots, serving as a backdrop here. Also, like it's probably in their best interest to lose this game. Now, I I don't know how those two things will kind of like match up with each other. It's hard to imagine Belichick ever like actively trying to lose a game. Just like for watching him, literally, he's been coaching since I started watching football. Um, and I guess the last thing that we need to know here is, is Zach Wilson going to play in this game for the Jets or is it going to be Trevor Simeon? I think it'll probably be Wilson, but maybe he doesn't clear protocol. Maybe they don't put him out there. He's not going to be on the team next year. Maybe this is another start for Simeon. And then for New England, Juju Smith-Schuster's season is over, placed on IR, along with Ramondre Stevenson. Hunter Henry and Devontae Parker both dealing with injuries right now. So there's a chance the Patriots are, like, trotting out. Not that they had, you know, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Jake Reed to begin with, but this could be, like, Demario Douglas and then, like, Tyquan Thornton and Jalen Rager potentially on Sunday for Bailey Zappi. So Patriots, a really small home favorite, Ken, against the Jets. Total here is 30 and a half. I know you said last week you were positive the Patriots were going to win this game. That was, like, your thing last week. I don't know if you've changed your mind. Uh... I think this, I, I have, I don't feel like I've solved this one yet. And this is, I like, these are like, these games are such fun puzzles and not that there's a right answer that it's, it's probability, but like, just like, do you think you have an idea of what this is? I don't think I have a good idea of what this one is yet on Tuesday. I don't really know. I don't know if I have a, a good feel for it. I mean, the best unit in the game is the Jets defense by a factor of a billion and they're the best unit in the game. Even, even if everyone doesn't play, they're the best unit in the game and it's not even close. Uh, and the Patriots defense is good. The Jets defense is different. So, but do you trust, do okay. you trust the Jets defense though? Cause we've seen the Jets defense a couple times sure. this year fold like a cheap suit in a way that sure. I don't think like the Patriots defense would not sure. because the Patriots defense is better personnel wise, because the Patriots head coach is Bill Belichick and the Jets head coach is Robert Sala. It's it's also worth noting in the first meeting between the de the teams where the Jets defense played pretty well, the strategy for the Patriots when Zach Wilson started, this was much earlier in the season, the strategy was to be as conservative as humanly possible because Zach Wilson was going to make a couple mistakes that would allow the Patriots to win the game. So that was like way close to the cards close to the vest on like like we're like we're running the ball we're not turning the ball over at all we're kicking at every opportunity and we will build enough of a lead that zach wilson will do something stupid like twice and we'll just win and we'll win by the lowest score possible so i'm not saying bet the under like the total is 30 and a half like i i got it but just like even like prop wise in the game i don't even mean like player prop like is this like, is this like a field goal overs kind of a game? Is it like a, a touchdown no, even on prominent players kind of a bet? Like, is it that kind of a game? Because like Belichick, like we, he did this earlier in the year, like the strat, like, you know, good at figuring out the path to victory for his team. The path to victory is like, don't do anything dumb and they're going to do some dumb stuff. And that's how we beat them the first time. And that's probably the plan this time. You know, it's definitely not air it out. It's definitely not like run a lot of plays. It's definitely like, you know, it just... I think it feels slow, and that's, that's reflected in the total. I'll be really curious to see some game prop stuff for this game. It feels as clunky as this total implies, and I just it, the, my vision here is just like fourth and one from the eight, six times Belichick kicks six field goals. 
Like, that's what it feels like for me. And they just gives him a better chance to win the game to him, uh, even if the analytics don't agree with it. So it feels like that kind of a game winner wise. Like, I I want to be like, oh, no, like Jets plus two and a half with the, the, the Patriots draft note that you mentioned. I just don't I don't know if that's what this is. Well, like, what's your there opinion? Are some teams do, you, where I'm like, do you think the Patriots will like try and lose the game potentially? Does no, that ever like I, I, zero percent? Right, it's not right. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't I don't see that ever. Pa- that doesn't mean Patriots they can't lose the game win. by being bad, right? Yeah, but they're favorite game. Mo- you know? Yeah, I just, just, yeah. honestly I w- I would pay right now to, to play their money line and like so I win they win by one I win they win by two I I think that although like you bring up the kicking games there's no question. That you trust Greg Zerline more than you trust Chad Rylands. Chad Rylands against the Patriots. You'd rather have you'd rather have uh, Will Reichert right now. You know, one for one swap for that guy. Just uh, yeah, just it's like we saw Belichick do this against the Jets. We saw it at the game they won with the punt return touchdown last year. It's the same exact. It just like they these teams play games like that on purpose. Like it just well, we just don't do anything dumb and look at all the dumb stuff they're gonna do. Like that's what it is. That's what this is gonna be. And yeah, I guess I guess that's not a betting angle because like the market reflects that's brutally low total. But uh, you know, you I'm, not, I'm not trying Jets? to play contrarian. I'm not trying to play contrarian overs here or something like that. Jets take. I I there are some games in Week 18 that I won't mind teasing where they act like traditional games. Uh, Texans Colts would be a good example of that. I'm not teasing week 18 games with like motivation stuff going on ever, ever. You're paying a huge tax and I don't even know if the points are that valuable. These lines are such guesses and we don't know how they're wrong or how they're weird yet, but like they are big time guess. Like how is Browns Bengals the, like that's the best guess we have for what that is. You think that's a great guess? No. Now I can't do better. And that's why it is what it is. (laughs) But like, and collectively we all can't do better, but there's a lot of unknown in that as opposed to like, Texans won at Indianapolis. Yeah, injuries and that'll shape the line, but like as a traditional football game, this this too, it's a bad guess. And I'm gonna come up with a bad guess too, probably right now, but that's what this is. It's a bad guess. And I, I just I don't I don't know if I know how it's wrong yet. I don't know if I have any idea how it's wrong, but feels weird. Water gun to your head. Zach Wilson starts for the Jets. Pick the winner of the game. I mean New England because they're favored. But like I not with any confidence. To be fair, like since the Jets said they were retaining Sala, like huge lead against Washington, field goal at the end. And then like, yeah, the Browns offense like kind of nukes them a little bit in that game, but like had a bunch of like that was not a quit game for the Jets at all. Like that's not what that game was. Like it's not like down the stretch this has been like we'll talk about Washington in a second and what that might be. Um that's not this. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets won. I just, you know, I think the Patriots are a little more likely to win right now. What's it's what's so funny is, it, is like, is Rivera too good of a coach to have his team completely lie down? Right, is he going to lovey Smith it? Right, is he going to lovey Smith the game? Yeah. I don't I don't think there's any question that that's what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to matter or not, but that, I think that'll be the intent, yeah. obviously. Uh, we'll get back to week 18. We'll do Lions-Vikings in the NFC East games at the end of the hour. But coming up next, we'll find out what Drew Dinsett from NBC Sports, what he likes coming up week 18 in the NFL. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. On the BetQL Network. Ken and I will get back to our handicap of Week 18 in the NFL coming up. 
20 minutes from now. We'll talk the Lions and the Vikings, the two games in the mm-hmm. NFC East. I can't wait to talk about the Packers and the Bears also in Lambeau Field. Win and in game for Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, and the Green Bay Packers. Power Hour, final hour, 40 minutes from now, featuring all our bets for tonight. And we'll get golf bets for the weekend from our pal, Jason Sobel. But our other pal is Drew Dinsick, the whale capper. And he joins us now to talk Week 18 in the National Football League. You can watch Drew, uh, betting analyst for our friends at NBC Sports. And you can listen to him on the Deep Dive podcast with co-host Andy Molitor, both friends of the show. So check out the Deep Dive and check out Drew on NBC Sports and follow him on Twitter at whale underscore capper. My friend, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick and Ken. Happy New Year. Happy Week 18 in the NFL to you and yours. How's it going? It's going tremendously well. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to listeners. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is it was a weird it was a weird week of the NFL. Weird last two weeks. Um these games falling on major holidays and then like the week in between being such a, uh, you know, kind of fluid time of travel and uh, like trying to understand, you know, just basically being out of routine made it uh, very tough to kind of wrap your head around the results we had the last two weeks. And the fact that we're at the end of the season and we have a million moving parts in terms of available quarterbacks and, uh, you know, team motivations, uh, it's going to make for an interesting week 18, albeit, uh, most of the years that I have been betting sports, this is one of my lowest volume weeks of the year because there's usually some absolute chaos and you're going to have to make assumptions about teams and motivations and stuff like that is just not very, those aren't strong angles. Those aren't strong edges uh, and <clears throat> weird stuff happens. But I will say that uh, most of the uh, uh, final weeks of the regular season of the NFL have less at stake than this year does. Uh, so there maybe is a little bit more, there are more moving parts this year than there normally are, which I think makes uh, uh, this week's games uh, more fun to handicap. Yeah, and, and to Will's point, like more teams are alive for a playoff spot sometimes than, than we get like at the end of the season. The last, so we at least get like one game, one team in in the in the game that is like trying is always the wrong word, but like has some motivation to make the playoffs or do something uh, in the postseason. So you mentioned it's low volume for you. Does that mean, Will, that like, are you kind of restricting your handicapping to just the like kind of all in games, Bills, Dolphins, Texans, Colts, like the games where you feel like they behave like normal football games? Or, or do you tend to veer into the other stuff? Sometimes you just don't get you get it right as often as you get it wrong. Like, is there is there a bet or a game that you feel really confident in right now? You're kind of giving me the low volume thing. So I don't know how the betting conversation is going to go. Oh. What is something you <laughs> oh, feel yeah. pretty confident in? Yeah, what's yeah no, I, I, I guess volume is can be two things, right? Like. I'm not playing the same stakes that I was playing middle of the season right now. Like it's uh, I'm, I'm staked down uh, in general uh, for lots of reasons, but uh, just in general, like it, it's uh, it's not as in, not, as, I'm not as um, interested in getting uh, limit bets midweek down on sides. Um, and you can put, find other interesting ways to be entertained, like attacking prop markets and finding, uh, you know, kind of di- particularly like, outlier one-off handicapping type of spots uh which is to say like the rate you know that the games that really stand out to me at least and i'm sure you have a couple too but um you know steelers ravens ravens are in a unique spot where they can't they have so many players that they need to rest for injury purposes that they're going to have to have a lot of their guys active right but they cannot imagine that they're going to put them in harm's way so you may have a situation where it's like you're going to have to put lines for some of these player props for some of these offensive players up um and they may start they may play a couple series and then ultimately 
rest. Um, but uh, it's going to make it chaotic for, you know, kind of some of the secondary markets, some of the derivative markets. Uh, Debo Samuel came in, coming out today is talking about how the starters for the, you know, Niners are going to play a quarter, right? That makes like how you look at that, uh, you know, kind of full game side and total interesting because you can attack that now with an in-game wager once the starters come out, right? Like, so there's, there, it's a more unique and interesting uh, kind of day of betting on Sunday than I usually have because, you know, if we're go back to like the week 13, Sunday morning, like I'm very rarely getting down anything. Like all of my work is done. I'm just kind of keeping an eye on where the late steam is and just trying to understand why. Um, but uh, not this week because a lot of the markets that are going to be the highest EV aren't going to open until Saturday and Sunday. With all of that said, if you had to pick a favorite side or favorite total for this week, what would it be? <clears throat> Let's talk about the one where we have the most information, and it is very, very meaningful, and that is the uh, the first playoff game of the year, guys. Uh, it is the Texans-Colts game. Uh, winner is in. Um, that is very cool. Um, I think that it the market cool. bouncing around pick them. This, you know, that market, market's been, there's been some two-way, Nick. We got, we got some two-way action on the side uh, here. Oh, yeah, and it was uh, it was funny because it was kind of timed with uh, first the Colts releasing their injury report and then the Texans releasing their injury report. And uh, my takeaways from both injury reports were were pretty straightforward, which is you have a one dimensional Colts team that wants to try to get it done on the ground up into the teeth of the Texans defense. That's bad. Uh, you have a one dimensional Texans team that wants to get it done through the air, going at the Colts with only Nico Collins. Like that's bad. Like this is a kind of an interesting situation where I think both uh, offenses are going to be relatively, uh, you know, relatively handicapped. Um, and I think your defenses can be pretty, uh, you know, impactful here. I don't think the Colts can be a bet because realistically, you're saying I'm putting my my money in the hands of Gardner Minshew. Like Gardner Minshew is the deciding factor here for the Colts going to the playoffs and winning this game. That's not a good feeling. That's not a good sign. That's not something I want any part of. So. Uh, I'm out on the Colts, but uh, I think under 47 and a half is not correct. I think uh, the uh, cluster injury for the offensive line for the Colts is a problem. I think the fact that you really only have, uh, you know, kind of alternative passing weapons and downs and Pierce uh, who can, you know, potentially create advantages in the passing game uh, and uh, Gardner Minshew trying to kind of avoid the key turnovers is is sketchy. Uh, and I think the Texans in general with only Nico Collins to throw to is is uh, a bit of a problem. I know Dalton Schultz is going to be out there, but their running attack is weak. Uh, and Dalton Schultz has never really vibed uh, as much as the uh, young wide receivers have with C.J. Stroud. So um, Texans also on the road have not been as good this year. Those splits are pretty clear. So uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to think this is going to be a lower scoring uh, game. And the fact that there is so much at stake and that it has more of a playoff vibe. Uh, makes me that much you know, more excited to have a number on the uh, north of 47. So maybe lower scoring under. It's, it's so funny because it's like Shane Steichen over is be like, well, what if it's a playoff game? Like, does it play out the same way? <laughs> Which is kind of like an interesting sure. angle for, you know, difference between regular season and postseason or, or regular season and postseason feeling kind of games, even though it's uh, even though it's week 18. I, well, you mentioned it was like a funny couple of weeks in terms of some of the results that we got. One thing that became like abundantly clear is – the Ravens are now being priced like absolutely the team to beat in the AFC. They get the one seed. The Niners had already kind of been priced like they were the most likely team to win the NFC. But you're talking about, you know, I, I play around with like go to each, you know, each sports book and try to do like AFC, NFC winner. Can I create like a parlay two team price that's more than what the market is offering? Like, can I play into these things that way? Ravens, Niners everywhere is like 
320 315 <laughs> like three to one just like low prices for those two teams to meet in the super bowl uh is there a team out there in either conference that you think can disrupt and prevent a ravens niners super bowl from happening yeah, I think there's several in both conferences. <laughs> those prices in are both? crazy to me. Who's, who's in the NFC yeah. that's disrupting? Who's in the NFC that's disrupting things? Rams, Cowboys, uh, Eagles. Uh, you have three. You have three uh, teams there with coaches and quarterbacks with experience. Like that matters. Like Brock Purdy's only played. He had, he had uh, two two and a quarter uh, playoff games under his belt. Uh, and yes, the home field advantage and the extra rest and, and all that matters. But the defensive injuries for this Niners squad all of a sudden are non-trivial. Like Ambry Thomas was hugely important for them in terms of getting their secondary pieces in the right places. And I mean, he's having hand surgery now. I know he's probably going to play through that or maybe be available later in the playoffs. But um, that still is a huge red flag for me. And, and in general, this Niners defense to me looks pretty clearly overrated. So I I, I would definitely say that the Niners are, are beatable. And honestly, the way Brock Purdy played on christmas day um like i i i support brock purdy i want him to ultimately turn into kind of a perennially good quarterback and kind of elevate these niners at, you know where through the portion of his his rookie contract where they are competing at this level every year um but if there's a game at home and he makes a mistake early and it's agree it's egregious the idea that he's not going to have some kind of mental, you know, kind of ghosts about, oh man, this is another four pick game. Am I going? Am I going to be the reason that we lose and you know and and, and fall out of the playoffs? Like, like that is very, very much a uh, a reality that wasn't you know possible in the distribution a couple of weeks ago. But you know, in super high leverage game with everyone watching, he played his worst game as a pro, and now he's going to have to get over that mentally. And and I don't know that he does that without kind of making a, a deep run here. So uh, Niners look vulnerable to me and. And what's funny is people forget also Shanahan, amazing schemer, amazing, uh, you know, offensive genius in every aspect of you could possibly declare. It would be my first choice if I was hiring a coach with all of the options available. Uh, he is not an in-game, you know, uh, navigator of uh, decision-making to the tune of some of these other guys like Sirianni is. And so, you know, I think you can definitely, you know, convince me that at least to take the points with a dog against the uh, Niners in the divisional round uh, is going to be tough just because they're going to have the extra rest. But in the NFC Championship game, if they're laying outside of a field goal against the Cowboys, uh, you know, against the Eagles, against the Rams, uh, I would definitely give that serious consideration. I don't have any strong opinion on the Lions one way or the other. Uh, that defense looks still pretty suspect to me. Uh, and I think they could be, uh, you know, drawing dead to the degree that they're matchup dependent in round one. Um, the Packers, I also think, are probably too young and just get their feet wet this this year. Uh, and the NFC South winners is probably drawing dead in the 4-5. But uh, it is still uh, a lot more competitive in the NFC than the market expects. And uh, I guess I'm I'm against Niners. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Tuesday talking the National Football League with our pal, the Whale Capper, Drew Dinsick, on Twitter at Whale underscore Capper. Uh, Whale, you mentioned um, AFC. You felt like there could be several teams that would disrupt the Baltimore Ravens also. Uh, you gave us a great breakdown there of the NFC. Uh, what about the AFC? Like, is it Kansas City on that list? Is it, like, is it just Buffalo? What about AFC teams that you think could potentially take down the Ravens? Flacco. Yeah, I guess uh, Flacco, sure. I mean, same. It's it's almost the same same story, right? Like... Lamar Jackson is going to only have more playoff wins than whoever makes it between Stroud and Gardner Minshew. <laughs> like every other quarterback in the mix has had more success than Lamar Jackson has had at the playoff level. Um, that matters. 
uh, that now I will say that I have, I would have a little higher confidence in the Ravens just because they are this year's late blooming offense. And why that matters is there is less of a book on how exactly you want to defend them in their current form, right? If you pull out a game plan that's based on seeing some defenses succeed against them between weeks one and week eight, it's, it's not going to be effective. Uh, and honestly, there's not a lot of defenses in the AF, AFC playoff picture that I think are kind of a perfect fit to stop the running and passing that Lamar is bringing to the table right now. So the Ravens offense has kind of gotten to the level they needed to be to be the true uh, you know, top value in the AFC as far as I could tell you. But um, same story goes where we've seen Lamar Jackson in a situation, situations, two of them, where he should have, you know, he very, very clearly could have pulled out uh, playoff wins and made it much, much tougher than he had to. One of those he uh, won on the road against the Titans thanks to terrible decision-making by uh, Mike Vrabel in that game. And the other one he lost because he threw a pick in the end zone to Micah Hyde that went for, you know, six the other way against the Buffalo Bills when the Ravens were outplaying the Bills to that point in the game, in my opinion. And so it's it, there's still certainly in my, you know, some and, uh, scope for And uh, can, I just, can I just interrupt to, to say, can we, uh, can, sure. we just, can, we, can we pour one out, please? The Ravens teasers in that Saturday night game oh, in Buffalo. God. Oh, and I and I only and, and Justin Tucker missed two field goals also. And yeah. I only know yes. this because it's permanently imprinted on my cortex. I think it was Teron Johnson, not Micah Hyde, that had the yes. pick six. Just the oh, just, Teron just Johnson throwing thing. that okay. out there. Yeah. 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 Or poor, because it's poor well. We're really yeah. scarred here. Yeah. Yeah, whatever the case was, that one hurt. It hurt me personally, financially badly, yeah. uh, and uh, and same, I kind of came out of, I kind of came out of that game like like I I, I love Lamar. I want I hope he, I hope he makes the the leap to Super Bowl winning quarterback. This could very well be the year. This should be the year. Everybody else is so weak right now. They should. This should be the year, uh, but until they do it. I'm still going to have those lingering doubts, and you know, I, I I hope the Ravens are the right. I hope the Ravens get it this year. They they, they kind of they kind of better because the Chiefs will be better next year. The, <laughs> the, the Bills don't. will be better next year. Yeah, the the you know the Browns will be better next year. But you know, realistically, those are your final four, in my opinion, in the a in the AFC. Uh, I think whoever wins the South's getting bounced by the Browns, uh, and I think you're going to get a Bills Chiefs two three, uh, and I think you're going to get a Ravens Browns uh, one five in the divisional round. So uh, so well telling you that he thinks the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins on uh, on Sunday night. Well, ten seconds to go. To the Packers cover on Sunday against the Bears in ten seconds. Ooh, I think I think they will. I think they will. I, I, the Packers' offense is uh, is enough of a problem through the air that I think they're going to be able to put a ton of pressure on that Bears team. The Bears' defense is good because they're amazing at stopping the run. Uh, I think uh, the game, you know, the the opponent specific game plans that Matt Lafleur's put together has been uh, pretty darn impressive, and I think he's going to have the right recipe here to to cook the Bears uh, through the air. All right, well, uh, Ken and I are going to talk about that game coming up a little later in today's show. Well, we appreciate it. On Twitter, at whale underscore capper, NBC Sports, the Deep Dive Pod. Good luck with all the bets this weekend. Happy New Year. We'll catch up with you. And the next time we do, we'll be talking wild card weekend in the National Football League. All right, best luck, guys. The great Drew Densick joining us here on You Better You Bet. Coming up next, we continue talking Week 18 in the NFL. We'll get to the two NFC East games, including... Can Dallas cover a huge number on the road at the Commanders? Seven. Darren Hall throws off the hands and it's picked off. In and out of the hands of the tight end, Johnny Munt. And one of those corners, Corey Ballantyne, comes up with the interception. 
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Uh, Jaron Hall, the mouth was not looking something like a disco ball. His mouth uh, was looking like something that got benched. Uh, just terrible in the game. It's not even his fault. Fifth-round rookie thrust into like a huge spot in a huge game against the team trying to make the playoffs, and it went, as you might expect, uh, really poorly. Enter Nick Mullins, and Mullins was not able to get Minnesota's offense moving enough. The Packers throttle the Vikings on Sunday night. Green Bay moving to a win-and-in game on Sunday on the uh, at home against the Chicago Bears. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit. We'll get to the Cowboys and the Commanders, the Eagles and the Giants this segment as well. Power Hour, final hour, coming up 20 minutes from right now, which means... This is our last segment for the day on Stadium. So if you're watching us right now on Stadium, uh, head on over to twitch.tv backslash betql for the final hour of today's show. Uh, Let's talk this Lions-Vikings game, Ken, coming up on Sunday, where we don't know who Minnesota's starting quarterback is going to be. Now, it's worth noting, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell did say that Josh Dobbs is under consideration to start the game. My sense is 51% Mullins, 49% 49% Dobbs, 0% Jaron Hall. Yeah. Uh, in a game that Minnesota has to win and get help, need the Packers and the Seahawks to both lose, and either the Bucks or Saints to lose, and Vikings win, and Minnesota would make the postseason. Now, Detroit is hosting the game, obviously, right? There were some wacky movements in the betting market earlier today that I was not able to put my finger on. So, obviously, like, we, we touched on it on Sunday board, just like the... In, the insane, the insane ending on Saturday night. Anyway, Dan Campbell said, and this should surprise no one, yeah, we're going to play the starters in Week 18. Because, of course, he is. Detroit very likely now to be the three seed in the NFC playoffs. Detroit was a five-and-a-half-point home favorite. This went all the way down to three. And for context, a couple weeks ago, these two teams played on the road in Minnesota. We had the Lions. We ended up winning that bet. Detroit closed like a juiced two and a half in that game. Yep. Now we're flipping home field in their three. And Campbell said the starters were going to play. So I saw that and I'm like, do 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 betters know? Do some of these betters know? Like what what I don't know right now. Like is this going to be Teddy Bridgewater and Lions backups here in this game against Minnesota? Like how's this going to go? Uh, so Ken, curious your your opinion on why this move. Like happened the way that it did with Detroit is just a three-point home favorite, and um, and any opinion that you have on the game. So Detroit favored by three, forty-five and a half the total. Yeah, and it was interesting, right? Because if I wanted to bring up something here, yeah, like the Vikings get bet down, and the total gets bet up like two points too. Like that's not a Bridgewater. Like that's because you were you were asking me before the show. You're like, do you think it's information? Like, is that what's getting bet? And I go. I don't think so or if it i mean it just seems very unlikely like we don't it's usually not something super mysterious usually like if something's up like it, it in the nfl at least that we're going to kind of know like yes if it was an obscure college basketball game and there was a point spread bet like i don't i don't know anything about santa clara and what they're up to roster wise so like yeah there could be something going on i'm trying to think about like what it would be you know like a assumption that the line starters are going to start the, start the game but maybe like with some other teams san francisco they don't play the whole game you know like is that what it is maybe but we don't know any of that yet and uh and it's possible like do we just have to take the market at face value that it's just like everyone's best guess about what this game's going to look like is a little more competitive because the lions like aren't really playing for a lot or something along those lines or it's at least in doubt how long the starters are going to play maybe that's all this is like kind of buying a rumor almost that like maybe 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 it won't be for the whole game maybe that's what happened here uh could be wrong and i haven't bet the market yet 
if we get to so i i mean I, I we can do the like well if it's sunday and it's this but if it's sunday and it's this we're gonna know a lot more about what's happening so like we can't even have that conversation like yeah if if everyone plays and it's three on sunday it was just freaking two and a half on the road yeah i think we'd all bet three on sunday if nothing changes in the game but i don't think that's gonna happen i think we're gonna learn more and the market's gonna shift based on what we learn so i i don't even want to play it out to the finish line yet because like i don't think that's what it's going to be i think we're going to have information or we're going to have no information and i don't think this will be the market uh, if that's the case so kind of like a holding pattern because i you you don't know anything about the game information wise i don't know anything and like i'm not going to bet into something where we might be at a disadvantage where like we could get surprised and uh and maybe we just wait and see what happens with with the most importantly with the lions honestly and and what maybe if they give some indication of what they're going to do Agreed. So we can uh, we can move on past this game for now, and obviously we'll touch yeah. on it as we move as, as we, it's for now as we uh, trudge towards Sunday. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Tuesday. Let's talk both NFC East games here. By virtue of Philadelphia's insane home loss to Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm not trying to discredit Arizona. It's a hell of like a program building win by 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 Jonathan Gannon for, like for Arizona. He came out earlier today, Ken, saying like unequivocally, Kyler Murray's our franchise quarterback. Yep. They're currently slated to pick fourth in the draft, where you know like they'd love to get Marvin Harrison. Maybe it's Malik Neighbors. Like we'll we'll see what. It, but that, that's a conversation for then. Just that like good on Arizona for winning the game the way they did. Also, really bad on Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia and Matt Patricia and that terrible defense for the Eagles in losing that game. And because Dallas survives on Saturday night against Detroit, we, we're now entering Week 18 where the Cowboys just win on the road at Washington and Dallas is the two seed and the NFC East champion. And Philadelphia drops to the five and a likely road date with Tampa or like NFC South champion, whoever it is, where that would be where Philadelphia would have to go on the road on Wild Card Weekend instead of hosting a game on Wild Card Weekend. Dallas is a 13-point road favorite at the Commanders. For context, San Francisco closed about 14 and a half in Washington this past weekend. Dallas 13, total is 45 and a half. The one thing that we need to know, obviously, as we approach uh, the end of the week here, who's starting a quarterback for Washington? Um, yep. Is it Howell or is it Brissett? We, we don't know right now who it's going to be. And then the Eagles-Giants game, and for context, these two teams played on Christmas Day, like not that long ago. Philly hosted the game. Now, Tommy DeVito was the starter for the Giants, not Tyrod Taylor. Philly closed like a two-touchdown favorite in that game. It was, like, it was like 10 days ago, and now they're on the road at the Giants here, and I understand Tyrod's playing. The Eagles are five-point road favorites here. The Rams were a six-point favorite this past this past Sunday. And I'm not trying to, not to criticize the Rams. Just like, wow, Philly's market rating's taking a big hit. Philly's a five-point favorite at Tyrod Taylor and the Giants. The total is 41. Now, we don't know if Devontae Smith's going to play in the game, dealing with an ankle sprain right now. Also, the Giants are employing Mason Crosby, who, like, can't kick in the year of our Lord 2023. Anyway, Ken, thoughts on these two games with Dallas wins and they are division champs and the Eagles visiting the Giants? Yeah, there's a great setup there. A lot going on, obviously, in the two games. Um, yeah, I think in each game you're 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 asking like a completely different question, and I'll just link them together to have the conversation first about this. This, I think, for right, and I'll, I'm, there might be others, and I'm missing them, or I haven't thought about them the right way yet. I think this is the only situation where the game is being scheduled this way produces a somewhat interesting exercise in terms of what might happen in terms of who plays in the game. So, like. If Dallas is up huge, they're playing Washington. 
if they're up 28 nothing in the third quarter and i i'm not saying I, i'm not saying it's going to play out this way but just like i think it's a good i think it's a good thought exercise if dallas is up 28 nothing and it's like the start of the fourth quarter in both games what is the incentive for the eagles to play any money like is there some chance that a pretty forward thinking organization who who once torpedoed a game for draft position not the same group i understand but like who once did that the same I think there's GM? an argument for Who's calling I think it's an, there's an argument for and against this. I think there's an argument for So just to play it out, the idea would be the Eagle, you would bet like unders on every Philadelphia Eagle. They get to the fourth quarter. The Cowboys are up big. Pull everybody. Like we can't win the division. Like we don't want Jalen Hurts to get injured in the fourth quarter of the game in a meaningless game where the wild card, like you have to eat that and just go to Tampa or whatever and like play it out and see what happens. Uh, I think that's possible. The only, so in a, in a lot of setups, I'd actually be really confident that they would do that. And I'm also, honestly, if Howell's going to start, I'm pretty confident Dallas is going to do that in that game, too. Now, if it's Brissett, it's like a completely different conversation, I think, if he's okay. I I think that it's doomsday if, if Howell starts, and I think the Cowboys run up the score. That's my Well, idea. we did see uh, this in wrong. Week 18 last but, year, to be fair. Well, it's the anniversary. Howell. It's the game yeah. to put Howell on the map. Yeah. You know, like the Cowboys know that, too, by the way. So, like, I, just the idea, like, the Cowboys have played a lot of games like this and a lot of teams like this, including the Commanders, on Thanksgiving, and it's, like, doomsday across the board every single time. Now, Brissett's a little interesting because he's had kind of some juice the, the couple times he's come in. Maybe that disrupts the handicap, whatever. Uh, I would only bet Dallas, and the total in the game is really interesting, though, in that game. If they're up big, normally I'd be like, well, the Eagles will pull everybody. But, like, they're so tailspin right now with how their season is going. Like, they're going to lose to the Giants. They just lost to Arizona. They're going to go into the playoffs losing all these games? Or is it like, look, we just have to win to, like, feel good and win a game? Like, I don't know which one it is, but I think it's the only pairing of games where there's some really interesting live and prop stuff right off the bat if one team is going to demolish their opponent and, like, the predicament it puts the other team in. So I, I love where you're going with this, and I think you're 100% right. So that, let's say Dallas is up 24 nothing, like a couple of minutes to go in the half. Maybe right. the Eagles, regardless of what's going on in the game, so let's say they're down 10-7 at that point to the Giants. Just say that, right? right? Or it's a close I game. Think you, it's a one-possession game, something like that. Sure. Right. Yeah. I think they would probably pull everybody at that point. But I think so, let's too. Say Dallas, let, but let's say like Dallas is up you know, a 17-7 at half. They're up 24-7 at the end of the third quarter, and then, like, they score to go up 31-7. If it's a one-possession game, I think the Eagles are keeping everyone in and trying to win. Right. I think the only, so the only... way the Eagles pull everybody is if is if they're also up big. Now, that's if the game's late. If it's early and it's, like, the game's close, I think they pull everybody and they don't risk the injury. But if it's late and they're, like, maybe they're going to lose— I think they play everyone and they try and win. Right. So I, I think, so look, like, prop markets in week 18 are a disaster because books are afraid of the exact situation that we're talking about. And they know enough by now to know, like, well, what if we just don't list a lot of people? <laughs> because, like, this stuff's possible. So I'm not saying you're going to get, like, robust Eagles prop markets. Like, this has already been talked about in a bunch of places. I'm not breaking any news by bringing up this situation. It's not like I'm ruining this or whatever. It's on, like, six national podcasts today. But, like, it's interesting. I do think this is a remarkable game to have both games on at the same time and potentially live bet this game. Which, by the way, they'll be, like, the, you will be able to live bet every NFL game. Like, those don't go away. The live markets are very liquid, like, even when, when crazy stuff's going on. So, like, that's a very interesting setup uh, in terms of live betting. And maybe halftime betting, if you see what the scores are, like, 
if you can, you know, follow every reporter on Twitter, hey, like Eagles are out of the tunnel and Jalen Hurts isn't taking warm up throws, like that kind of stuff. Like these are the two games for that. Coming up next, final hour, final hour, power hour. We'll keep talking week 18 in the NFL, all our bets for tonight. If you're watching on stadium, head on over right now to twitch.tv backslash betql for the final 60 minutes on a Tuesday.